Narcissistic Music Disorder, episode 35. How's it going, Scotty? Good. How's it going, John? It's going good, man. Um, Hanging in there. I've been, uh, I've been, I'm trying to think, you know, what I've been up to lately. Not a whole bunch of anything. Um, trying to navigate the crazy waters of, of life in general. But um, how about you? What's new on your end? Anything good? Oh, not a lot. No, just been, like we were talking about, uh, before we started recording, listening to the Great Affairs new record, well, Dude. the 2020 record, yeah. I'm so hot on it right now. I'm hitting it so heavy. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, we'll, as we get into the topic uh, today, we'll talk a little bit about it. But I had to, I, I gushed so much to Denny Smith, their singer, that I was like, dude, I said, um, I got to stop. I'm like, I'm embarrassing myself. I, I feel <laughs> stupid. But I just couldn't help it because... that great affairs record it's called um everybody moves nobody gets hurt um and it's it's just it's killer we were saying before we came on it's like the first four songs four or five songs are just straight jams man and and the whole thing's great and uh and i just it it hits me where i live man If, if i'm going to you know when i'm in my power pop mood when someone can put a a good power pop song with some rock and roll in it and i can I can kind of play like um, I can hear the influences, but they're not blatant, you know. Um, that's my yeah. favorite thing, and I always worry that I'm insulting somebody, you know. But for me, that's <laughs> the biggest compliment when I go, "Hey, man, I can hear Cheap Trick, or I can hear Big Star, or I can hear, you know, whatever it might be." Um, and I did. I had to tell Denny, I'm like, "Dude, I am so sorry. I'm I'm taking this way too far because <laughs> I I was fanboying." So what's today's? Well, that- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say their uh, their 2018 record, 10 and 2, is really good, too. Dude, so. there's a song I... Uh, uh, now I won't be able to think about it. It was one of their older tunes. I really liked that, too. I think it was Sherry Sherry Baby, or... I can't remember the title of it now. That bums me out, but it, it's uh, it's killer. Obviously, the dude is... Um, I mean, the whole band is, is awesome. Uh, they're Nashville-based. Um, I can't say right, enough yeah. good about them. I get carried away. I get carried away when I like something. You know how... How hard I'm, I, you know, like I'm riding Lucero pretty hard still, and I'm I'm always talking about that. And then word came out today uh, from Sam Bam Colton, who is the young twenty-some-year-old guitar player, new guitar player, and faster pussycat. That there's new pussycat coming out for Merchant. So what more could yeah. I want, man? I'm living the dream right now. That that Great Affairs record is uh, its album is called Four that oh, you're thinking of. Is that the one that has Sherry? Baby. Cherry baby, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that's... My, I went and looked in my archives here. Yeah, there's I... another tune too. Um, if you hit YouTube, there's a couple, and I wish I could remember the the title of the song. I can picture he's playing a butterscotch, like fifty two telly in it. A Denny is the whole band looks cool, but it, it's a great song too. And okay, this is not a show about the great affairs. Um, what <laughs> it, what is the show about today? The guitarist that you your go to guitarist who you listen to the most, or who you're listening to the most right now yeah i uh i i made a list of some i've been so on like sunday mornings uh from about seven in the morning till about nine nine thirty you know everyone's sleeping and um and it's kind of before usually i go out and grab us breakfast or something about nine thirty, but from seven till nine i've been like kind of just picking a guitar player and sort of messing around with um, his or her style. And that's been really fun. So a couple of those people pop up on my list right now. And, um, and let's get into it. Who, who yeah. are you rocking? Who are you rocking right now? Lately, I have been playing a lot of Gilby Clark. Uh, I, who was I talking to about Gilby? Someone I know just, May, He's maybe, your label mate. He's he is got a, a new record coming out. Yeah, too. I don't remember. I was talking maybe to the mastering engineer of Gilby's new record, and I always describe Gilby as it's like every time I go, Gilby Clark is rock and roll. He's just yeah. that's that's the rock and roll I like. And, well, he's from the he's from the city where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. So, well, the other sense. the other thing about him is I wanted I'm I'm going to make a confession. You're going to get mad at me. I wanted not to like him. Because I love yeah. because I love Izzy Stradlin so much, right? Yeah, you know? me too. So when when Gilby came into Guns, I was kind of like, you know, you know, who's this guy? And and Gilby came into Guns at that. Again, I'm gonna get everybody's gonna be mad at me. 
that bloated time in guns, right? I mean, those use your illusions, those your illusions, tours which and stuff. you didn't stuff. play on. Right, but that tour, remember? The, I mean, I can see the stage is, you know, the size of 10 football fields. and Oh, I know. You know Dizzy Reed, who is also on Golden Robot. Um, Dizzy Reed was, was playing keys, and they had backup singers, and they had, you know, obviously... Well, he had like a... Full grand piano out there every I night. Know, it dude, like. it I know, dude. I know. Crazy. I know. And that, and I don't know what's wrong with me because I mean, I love the pageantry of rock and roll. I love the big shows, and I love all that. Um, so I didn't want to like Gilby, but then I think it was Pawn Shop Guitars when I was like, oh yeah, this this is the dude here. We're okay. You I know? I have those um, Use Your Illusion live DVDs, and there is no way that some of that stuff can't be taped you mean you mean like as much as axel runs around how the hell does he sing yeah yeah i mean because like you said that stage is the size of half a football field and he's constantly with his like mic stand that looks like a old crutch or something yeah yeah right and as i don't know i don't i haven't seen the dvds around and wearing catchers uniforms and And his weird white shorts those weird white spandex shirts and more combat boots yeah you know gilby for, I knew him from Candy, yep. and then I didn't. I didn't really get into Kills for Thrills, but um, you know his solo stuff is phenomenal. Um, the Colonel Parker record, which was a one-off with uh, oh um, oh what's his name, Jim Dutton, uh, Muddy Stardust. Oh yeah 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 sure sure sure. Um, he probably knew him from the L.A. Guns days because Muddy played, played with on, L.A. Guns. He played on the one L.A. Guns record that Gilby produced. Do you know? You know who else Muddy played with? He played with someone on my list. I'll get to it. I'll have to. Re- I'm going to mark it down so when I get to it. But I that can... Colonel Parker uh, record was good. It's all originals. They did um, Mercedes Benz from Janice, and then oh, what other one did they do on there? Oh, um, Pills by the New York Dolls. Oh yeah. Yeah, see, there you go. You're hitting a lot of stuff right there already that tells me. I think Gilby Clark comes from that same, you know, the era of rock and roll I like. And and the only way to describe it to me, and this is this is not a, because someone's going to go, oh, you know, he used this kind of th- guitar, that kind of, but for me, it's like Les Paul and Marshall rock and roll. You yeah. know, that's how I describe Slash, or that's how I even describe some other people is, it's it's a Les Paul and Marshall rock and roll, and and I like that. That's that's to my ear. That is is where I where I kind of live. So about the only thing that he was a part of that I didn't care much for was that rock star supernova thing. That was stupid. Oops. And it, well, because it was fake. Yeah, I wasn't. It into wasn't it. even real. I mean, I wasn't into that. That that kid that they picked to win. Um, I was told by somebody who is friends with Jason Newstead that. The producers told them from the beginning, this is the winner. This kid's the winner. Oh, yeah. So the whole show was was fake. <laughs> See, there was another one, dude. So there was Rockstar Supernova, right? They did the U2, or no, the um, NXS one. There was the NXS one. And then there was another one on VH1 that was like Scott Ian, Ted Nugent, um, oh, yeah, Evan the, something from Biohazard. Yeah, Democracy. Yes, and um and that was uh, that did nothing. And, and Sebastian, Sebastian Bach, Bach, right? Right. Yeah, that yeah. did nothing for me either. Yeah. <laughs> so my first pick is um, I mean I I'm gonna just segue right into it. Uh, is is Denny Smith from The Great Affairs? Um, yes. right now, and both the guitar players in The Great Affairs, but Denny, I don't know, man. There's nothing, nothing, quote unquote. <sighs> burning you know there there's no Ingve malmsteen or anything but the way the little parts and the, the part that got me is um is in the song livia there's like i called it the plinky part so i sent denny a message i'm like dude i don't know what the plinky part is this little blink blink blink, blink. i go it's killer and he told me what it was and it's genius it's a genius use of gear and and creativity all the guitar solos are are melodic and cool and the tones are just bitching it, it, you know, and and it's because right now I'm so hot on the great affairs. That's why. But um, he's just uh, that's that's my thing, man. You don't have to be a million miles an hour sweep picking. No. You know that you don't have to be that for me. Um, you just have to be able to put a, a solo in a song or or guitar parts in a song that move that song along. And 
and the great affairs and and Denny Smith do that for me so that he was my first pick. I'm hot on him right now and listening to a lot of the great affairs so I had to have him. Uh who you got All next? Right. Who's in the Let's Arsenal? Stay next? in Nashville. Okay. Let's stay in Nashville with Warner Hodges. Dude, Dude, Dude. I've been wearing out Jason and the Scorchers the last couple of weeks. <sighs> I don't know what to say about Jason and the Scorchers other than everybody kind of, you know, you'll hear a lot of this. Uh, I even say it, you know, and we all say it. groundbreaking, groundbreaking. This is groundbreaking. That's groundbreaking. Uh, groundbreaking. Jason and the Nashville Scorchers. And then, Jay, you know, obviously Jason and the Scorchers is kind of the same band. Um, groundbreaking, dude. Groundbreaking. Yeah. Uh, I, I, there's nothing like it. There's yeah. just nothing like it. And Warner Hodges is a bad, bad, bad man. Bad well, man. I think it was, um, I think it was, uh, what's his, Raul from BR549. Or from, um, uh, Raul Malo. Oh, from the Mavericks. Mavericks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, similar bands. Um, he said, if aliens came to Earth and said, bring me to a rock show, he said, I would bring them wherever Warner Hodges is. There's a killer. <laughs> what a great <laughs> quote, man. There's a killer <laughs> meme, dude. And it's 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 a later era Warner Hodges. And he's jumping off the drum riser. You know, in that kind of classic, I don't even know what to call it, Van Halen-y, Pete Townsend-y thing. And, uh, and the meme is, oh, your band's on after us. Good luck with that. You know, because Warner Hodges, there's, what did, they played one of the late shows, you know, a Letterman or Leno, they played one of those. And I mean, he was just burning, man. He just, and then when I first saw him, it was their cover of Dylan's Absolutely Sweet Marie. And it was on MTV. It was on MTV. And I believe they had a concert. I know it's on YouTube on MTV. And I mean, it's Jason and the Scorchers back in the day, and the kids yep. in the audience just look like, "What in the heck is going on?" And but for all of it, you had Warner Hodges, dude. He's in the Homemade yeah. Sin with Dan Baird. Uh, he's yep. got his own band now. He's got a brand new band. Didn't him and um, Dan Baird and Steve Gorman have a thing a little bit too for a while? Oh, I don't know. I mean, the I mean, Steve Gorman project and Warner Hodges play on. Something with that. Maybe I, he's been. Maybe I, I just dreamt that, and I I wish that would happen. Yeah, yeah, me too. Warner <laughs> was with Dan Baird in the Homemade Sin. He's Jason in the Scorchers. He yep. had oh gosh, they, uh, he had a band called the Blue Fields. They came to Tip Top. They came to Tip Top Deluxe. Oh, how did I miss that? Um, they're called the Blue Fields, and you know who opened for him? It was recent, within like the last, let's say. Five six years, uh, the Duchesnes got back together and opened, and and yeah, yeah. Oh, I was don't worry, dude. I was jealous, and I was, I did. I couldn't go to the show. I think I was gigging or something, but I was super oh. jealous of them, and I bet it was a killer show. Um, but yeah, Warner Hodges, dude, what yeah. a great pick, man. I I got hip in probably somewhere in the mid '80s to Jason and the Scorchers, and I think I got lost and found. Oh yeah, and then and then was immediately hooked. And I got hooked too on on Scorchers. I, I love you know the songwriting and and their original songs, but like their cover of like Country Roads or their oh, cover yeah. of Absolute or they do my all time. They just rip um, uh, Lost Highway by Lost Hank Highway, Williams. Yeah. And the other thing that's cool about Warner, if you get a chance, go hit a YouTube video, whatever. Um, he can spin his guitar behind his back, and he does it a <laughs> lot. And um, you'll see people who there's two two schools of spinners. You have the the forward spinner who will go kind of in front of their body. The headstock will go over their shoulder and come around. And then you have like Warner and uh, Jeff Labar and Jeff Labar. and Eric Bringham <laughs> from uh, Cinderella. They're they grab the headstock and shove it so it goes body first around their you know behind their back. I right. still think it's cool, man. I've chucked a bunch of guitars across the yard trying to do that and I never could. <laughs> Yeah, good pick. I never dared. What a killer pick, man. Bravo, sir. Uh, my next pick, oddly enough, you just talked about Steve Gorman. Uh, we talked about Muddy, who played with him, is Mark Ford. I listen to Mark yeah. Ford all the time. Um, I got hip to Mark Ford, obviously, when he joined the Black Crows. Um, I liked the first, I, you know, it's 
you know, public knowledge how much I love the Black Crows. The first Shake Your Moneymaker record that had Jeff Cease on it, I liked it. I love Jeff Cease. I like the band. Then Southern Harmony came, you know, was the next album, and they had Mark Ford. And then it was like a whole nother game. It really was. Mark Ford is just, oh, he's just everything. He's everything I like in a guitar player. His tone, his technique is amazing. He's got solo albums. He played in the uh, Magpie Salute with Rich Robinson. Um, I I don't know, man. Ben Harper, too. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I have a DVD live at the Hollywood Bowl, I believe, and, and Mark Ford's on it. I love him, man. And if you ever get a chance to go to YouTube, have you ever seen the footage where he's playing? I believe it's in Russia with his band. Muddy's in the band. Muddy's on bass. Um, and a dude gets up and tries to play harmonica. Have you ever seen oh, this? I think I have seen that. And, yeah. and look up Kung Fu Ford or something like that. <laughs> so apparently this guy, you know, here's Mark Ford and his band playing. And this dude must have, you can see the guy wander up and start pulling his harmonica out. And he and he, you can tell the guys are like telling him no. Well, he's still kind of making his way to the mic, and you can see someone, and it might have been Muddy, tell him like, you know, again they're trying to push him away, so he won't move. And Mark Ford kicks that dude square in the <laughs> chest, dude, and yeah. kicks him so hard he like flies off the side of the stage. It's it's oh. the coolest thing ever because we've all wanted to do that once or twice. It's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm sure I'm the one who would be getting kicked in the chest. But <laughs> so, what do you got next? Uh, Andy Timmons. Okay, from uh, don't say it. From Danger Danger originally, right? Yes. And yes. now a a, hum- a jazz kind of a fusiony jazz guy is more of my go to from him. But I still rock uh, cockroach and um, you know he um is he cockroach mostly is he like a fusiony jazz guy? I mean, like the melding of rock and jazz kind of guy. He's not a straight up. Joe passed. Yeah, he, his solo stuff is is more. Well, he does. Um, he did. He did a bunch of stuff with Simon Phillips, the drummer. Yep, yep. A bunch of his uh, jazz records that Timmons played on, and and that's more fusiony type of stuff. Um, I'm not really into newer jazz, but I do like the stuff that he plays on. I wonder why. Here's a question for you, and maybe it, I'm assuming it's because he just doesn't want to. But I wonder why Andy Timmons hasn't ended up in a, and you know, like, um, you know how Reb Beach and uh, Joel Hookstra and those guys, the, like in White Snake, like yeah. why? I wonder why Timmons hasn't been in White Snake or Timmons hasn't popped up in a band like the Dead Daisies or I don't know. I just his, I think he just likes. I think he's a jazz dude. I think that's where he's happy. His solo stuff is really cool though. So like um, ear ecstasy and records like that, um, and then he does he has other records where he sing. I mean, he does a Beatles record. He does Sgt. Pepper's, and that's oh, wow. pretty cool. Um, and he he but his his other stuff is really is kind of poppy. He has like songs. Um, he has a song called "Nobody Cares About Julie." It's it's like a it definitely got a Beatles vibe to it. So yeah, I mean, so he's obviously doing stuff, what he, he wants to do. Yeah, he 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 goes, you know, he does poppy stuff. He does his um his you know his blazing solo stuff like uh, Carpe Diem and and Farmer Says and all that stuff that he does. But did he come yeah. up on the Shredder show with Jeff? Uh probably. I feel yeah. like he did. Yeah, probably. I, I mean, actually not too I'm long not ago. Go ahead. Sorry. I like Danger Danger. There's the early Danger Danger stuff. Um, the first record is is all right. The second record, uh, what was it? Screw it. I was never a huge fan, dude. I got to be honest with you. I was never. I mean, okay. I knew Naughty Naughty was a single. Um, okay. <laughs> there was a song called, uh, oh, Todd Long knows it. Uh, oh, shoot. It's good. It's good. Um, ah, I'll never think of it. From that, from that record? From that era. Yeah, I believe so. And, um. But I just never, it was one of those bands I never jumped into big time. I was just having this conversation with someone. Oh, they had Bang Bang. There you go. There was Bang Bang, Naughty Naughty, and then there was another one, um, Don't Walk Away, I think it was called. Don't Walk Away, yeah. 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 That's from that first record. So I never was a humongous fan. Um, And again, I, I was having this conversation with someone the other day that there were bands like, 
Danger Danger and Steelheart and Firehouse and and oddly enough, I never really got super into those bands. And there's I think it's because even with my hair metal and stuff, I like it a little more gritty, a little more blues based. You know, yeah, that's same. why I like Pussycat and LA Guns and 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 that kind of thing. Hanoi Rocks. I mean, Hanoi Rocks is is above all of that, really. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? They're, they're, Not hair metal. It's got to be just, there's something about it. If And I, I just, because a very dear friend of mine got me a, a book for my birthday that I've begun reading. And, oh, um, nice. <laughs> thank you, dude, by the way. Thank you. That was really too kind. <laughs> and I knew it was, as soon as I opened, first of all, it's funny in the Merchant House that I can open up a book about hair metal and I go to my wife, you know, did you get this for my birthday? And she's like, no. And I'm like, you know, did you, Quinn? No. And then there's part of me going, did I just order this at one point? You know, and then I'm like, oh, it's Benting. So I knew it was you. But I just started reading that book. And it's like talking about all these subgenres of hair metal, right? And there was like yeah. sleaze metal and, you know, blah, blah, blah. That was where I lived. If it If it was kind of like the dolls or the faces or... You know, Hanoi, uh, I liked it. I liked that sort of thing. That's why I liked Appetite for Destruction so much. You know, that's why I liked, um, you know, that's why I liked L.A. Guns. And that's just kind of where I where I lived. If I didn't like that, I liked my other side of my hair metal was super poppy, big, um, big courses, big uh, beetly things, and even, you know, Journey-esque things, I guess, for lack of a better word. Well, I really only, I mean, I like Danger Danger a bit, but I liked it more because I like Danny Timmons so much. Well, he makes a killer overdrive pedal, the AT pedal by JHS uh, Stompboxes. I had one. It's, it was really cool. Kind of a, a Marshall JTM 45 in a box for you nerdy guitar types. Yeah, I like him <laughs> too. I do. I like Andy Timmons. My next guy is is kind of an unknown. Uh, staying, here we are in Nashville again. His name is Tom Bukovac. And I'm hoping I'm, yeah. I'm pronouncing that correctly. He has a, a, and I don't know if it started in the pandemic. I, I'd never heard of him. He played in um, a band with Steve Gorman. He played in um, Trigger Hippie. So he yes. was in Trigger Hippie. Um, but of course in Trigger Hippie. record, I think. Yes. And, and that's the one I like that had Joan Osborne. With Joan Osborne, and, right. That's um, a great record. And Jackie Green. Um, I mean, I, I, I rode that record pretty hard, too. But how I got hip to this guy is he has a show on YouTube. Um, it's called Homeschooling. And honest to God, dude, he's kind of sitting in his garage, it looks like. There's gear everywhere, but not a studio. When I say gear, it looks like he opened the garage door, got done with the gig, wheeled some amps in, and shut the garage door. But Yeah, he, Eric on the uh, fan page posted that. He is YouTube, a... The link. He is just the dude. He is the dude. I he had a rig rundown, which I love watching. And and my friend Greg Miller, I I sent it to him. And I know, I mean, I'm no fool. I know Greg probably ignores 75 to 85 percent of the crap I send him. I understand that, <laughs> dude. I, I totally get it. But for some reason, he he grabbed on that and within like an hour sent me a message. He's like, I'm 10 minutes into this thing. And he goes, I've already learned like five things I didn't know. I mean, the nice. dude is, it's killer. It's so killer. I love him. There's another guy I'm going to mention too um, in a little bit who's kind of who I found on YouTube as well. So yeah, check out Homeschool. And if you're a guitar playing nerd like me, you'll really like it. You'll really, really like it. Who you got next? Alex Skolnick. Ooh, man, see, you, you throw out the metal and the hair metal guys. And I, I know every time you do it, you're liking them for their jazz. so don't back don't try to slit don't try to like appease me with your hair metal and your heart (laughs) your thrash and 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 pretend you're not jazzing it out on me so Uh, i I, I still rock practice what you preach testament testament yeah 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 i was never again that was too heavy for me they didn't look like girls and they didn't sound like the faces so i wasn't a huge fan okay but i totally re you know i remember testament being you know, they weren't the big four of thrash, but they were up there with Overkill and, you know, kind of bands of that that tier. So tell me about Skolnick's solo stuff. His solo stuff is, well, he, after he left Testament, he 
played with Sabotage for one record. He really? played on the Handful of Rain record. Yep. Oh wow. And then and then he played on a live record, I I believe. But um, yeah, he played on the Handful of Rain record, and then yeah, he went to like a jazz. He he attended like a jazz school, I think, in New York, and for jazz and yeah, he just started putting out some of his uh, I the stuff I have is called the Alex Skolnick Trio, and he does original stuff, and he does like um, Scorpions and Kiss and but uh, jazz arrangements, but jazz arrangements. He does oh. War Pigs. He, All right. he does uh, the Who. I mean. Cool. I gave you some. Clearly, you haven't haven't spent Dude, any time with it. <laughs> I I listen. I bought the Great Affairs record the other day. I've listened to nothing else. I I someone turned me in, you know, in whatever two thousand five. Someone gave me Lucero and and I haven't listened to it. I, I it takes me a long time to process, <laughs> but I do have it. You gave it to me on a thumb drive. You yes. gave it. I know. I have it. I don't pretend I don't yeah. have it. I haven't gotten to it, but I. I, you know why? Because that same thumb drive probably had the entire Lucero catalog on it. It's probably, probably that. So you stuck me with uh, that. And you also, because I just watched him again the other night, you also, that was on that thumb drive you turned me on to, before we had him on the show, Andrew Leahy. Oh, and I yeah. just watched his uh, live stream the other Dude, we'll get to that. Anyhow, I mean, he's not, I just want to say, a little side road, I watched Leahy's live stream you know, it's always like in a living room. It's him and a bass yeah. player and drummer. And I saw this like little, I guess it was a Squire bass amp maybe, and there was like a Vox amp next to it and a drum set. And, and and nothing looked like, you know, it didn't look like they were all mic'd up in studio. And it just sounded killer. It sounded great, man. He really, some people can really nail that live stream thing. It sounds so good. Yeah, so Skolnick, I, I will apologize. I didn't get to yet, but I, I'm going to have to now because... <laughs> That's sort of like arranging a, a, a song like, you know, out of genre and, and make it. I'm into that. So that'll be Greg Miller does that. Greg Miller. Yeah, he does that. a lot. He does a lot of cool. Yeah, Greg does that, too. But yeah, um, yeah Skolnick just he, he picks good ones. He does like, you know, um, oh, uh, Pinball Wizard and just I don't know. He the covers he picks, he does a bunch of Scorpions. Um I do love and the Scorps. He, he does. Uh, oh yeah, he does. Um, oh, I think it's Detroit Rock City. Cool. But yeah, cool. I mean, he's he's got like I got probably four or five of his records. God, you um, are such a jazz nerd, dude. God. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, my next guy. Now, this dude, I have been, and this is, um, this is you know, after his passing is when you could really. Now we're starting to really get some stuff. But lately, my guitar guy is Prince. I've been watching a ton of Prince. Live Prince videos from... My favorite era of Prince is uh, is Prince and the Revolution, kind of around 1999 and Purple Rain. Um, mm -hmm. And they're starting to get some stuff out. Uh, um, dude, I know he's Prince, so you, you, know, you picture Prince. Uh, the, the icon... You know, his iconic stature is so big, you forget that there wasn't some dude taking all the solos on Prince songs. It was Prince. So I've been watching a ton of Prince, and I there's a video for, um, uh, it's his version, it's his song, but it's his Manic Monday, I think. And the video is all rehearsal footage of the revolution. And I posted it one day. You got to see it if you haven't. It's one song. It's them in rehearsals, and you can just tell that they they worked hard, hard, hard. And and he just you know, there's a picture of him fiddling with his guitar pedals and stuff, and that's really cool to me. And I just always have loved Prince, and I think he's a great guitar player. And I don't think he gets his props as a guitar player. No, I was just gonna say. I think I was listening to Prince the other day, but it was the Derailers doing Raspberry Beret, which is great. I covered it. I covered that in a band. That version, dude. Swear uh, to God. Yeah. What you got next? I have Robbie Krieger. Oh yeah, from the Doors. Of course, of course. Again, you're trying to you're trying to slip in the Doors. Uh, you like Krieger. <laughs> you like Robbie Krieger's. You know, you like his playing because he's a jazz cat. He is jazzy and, and weird. Little, yeah. Yeah, bluesy, weird. You're never ever gonna say Robbie Krieger is like he's not a straight. Um, 
he's not a straight blues player in any stretch of the imagination because he no. is chord voicings are too different. His yeah. tonality, his tonal center is, is different. And, um, and it, he's such a subtle guitar player. Right. Yes. That you just, you, once you really pay attention to him, because again, I mean, is it wrong to say? No, he was overshadowed by the immenseness of Jim Morrison. I mean, he, wrote he was. some of their most famous songs, though. It, it doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Did he whip his dong out on stage? Was he in leather pants? Did he pl- plunge into the microphone stand? Did he get arrested? Usually camo pants. <laughs> and he's... That was just like... I don't know. There's The only way I can describe Robbie Krieger is his... Tonal center is different than a lot of guitar players. You know, just yeah. how he how he sets things up and how he plays. What do you love about him so much? I don't know. I think I just um it's, it's just my love for the doors. I think that's the first thing that I really noticed about the doors when I was, you know, oh, really? was the guitars yeah. because that's the stuff that I'd always put in when I was younger from my dad. It was like Jeff Beck and the doors. And I remember you saying your dad. Yeah. I, that's, I was drawn to the guitar players and I think it was just, you know, I don't know. I just always, like you said, the, um, those guys just framed Jim and they, they all, none of them were, you know, amazing. Robbie Krieger doesn't do a bunch of, uh, you don't hear, people uh you know scrambling to get we got to get robbie krieger to play on a record you know he never gets name checked a lot no you don't you, know? you don't hear of him getting guest spots on records much right. and you know so but, I don't but, know. I just, but certainly could and certainly it's should just my love for the doors i think that yeah that i spend a lot of time listening i mean i listen to the doors weekly so yeah he's a he's an out there guy and i like that i like how i like that just even as a you know when you're learning doors covers on the guitar it's a it's a different tonality it really is voicings yeah. chord voicings are different yeah good pick man good pick. of course you know that's you you like that i i, I know you i know your jazz ear um <laughs> my next pick was um and i've been listening to a ton of him watching a lot of videos and i have been for now a couple of years um i'm i'm still really into billy duffy from the cult oh man i just i you know I pretend to be him from time to time. You'll see it at White Rabbit gigs. I'll sometimes dress like Billy Duffy if I can. I don't look cool like him. But I uh, there are times I pretend to be Billy Duffy. And I actually uh, lately have been kind of messing around tone-wise with my black Les Paul trying to get my Billy Duffy on. I just think he's cool, man. I think he came from, you know, he had the early cult stuff that was kind of psychedelic and swirly and... All those single note lines that sort of came from that same school, like the edge from U2, you know, where they'd play that single note thing, like in rain or something like that. And then all of a sudden it was like, he also was nailing, you know, those heavy riffs like love removal machine and wildflower and peace dog, all that stuff. It's just, I think Billy Duffy's the coolest man. I do. I think he's the coolest thing ever. And my, I, of course I, God snatched my hair from me some time ago, but um, <laughs> my son wears, and a lot of these, my son's 13, a lot of these young guys, they kind of shave their heads on the side, you know? It's shaved. Yeah, and uh, they have the longer hair. And they have the longer down. hair. On the, well, that's what Billy Duffy does, and every once in a while I can talk my son into kind of slicking his back, and he looks like Billy Duffy. He has Billy <laughs> Duffy hair. And I'm like, you fool, how come you don't wear your hair like that all the time? But you won't <laughs> listen to me because I'm stupid. All right, what, what do you got next, dude? I have John Lowry, otherwise known as John Five. I should have him on my list. I'm embarrassed because I watch an awful lot of his videos. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan of solo zombie as much. I'm not a. I've never been a big Rob Zombie slash White Zombie guy. I mean, I don't dislike it, but it's just uh, I can only handle so much of it. Does it ever feel to you like it's repetitive? It's. It's like the band Disturbed. It, everything sounds exactly the same. Yeah, and I hate to say that because it doesn't a... do anything for me. I mean, I know there's people that like. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'll listen to Rob Zombie records, but yeah, so they, I. they all kind of 
meld together, it seems like. But the That's highlight like is about John, John Five, Five is, yeah. is his solo records. He, he can blaze and he can have, you know, beautiful stuff like um, El Kakui. And he just, he, with the, um, like he talked about when he was with, um, oh, was it Katie Lang? Yes. Yep. When he was with her uh, touring only, I don't think he was ever on a record, but he said he really only knew guitar then. And he picked up banjos and mandolins and all kinds of stuff with that. And he mixes that all into his records. I mean, he's got, he's got one, um, he's got songs like, uh, Hell Haw, where he'll mix in like you know, hillbilly music and, and metal, and yeah. yeah, and he's got 666 guitar pickers in hell or something. I don't <laughs> know, just all of his all of his horror themes and he kind of um. So you know his kind of earliest claim to fame, I think, was a session guy. You know, I mean, he played on David Lee Roth's record. He yep played with Katie Lang live. He, I mean, he's done a ton of stuff. He's played been on with Rob um, Halford he's, and two. Yes, he's been on right? a. Yes, I think you're right. Um, he's and played he on a lot in, of stuff. Yeah, he had um a side band, uh, just well, his own band called Loser. Oh really? I, they did. They did one record. Um, didn't really do anything. Um, do you? They think... had one like kind of single from it called I think it was called Disposable Sunshine. Yes, but. that sounds familiar. I hate to say this, um, but I think he owes a little debt of gratitude. Um, and, and again, we're not talking on human being level professionally um, to Marilyn Manson. I think Manson helped him create the John yeah, five I think persona that's where he got. Yeah, I think that's where the John five thing came from. And then I think zombie when he got into Rob Zombie's band, it just furthered that. I mean, really, that's John five's. And he doesn't need one, but everyone needs one. Um, that's his shtick, you know. Uh, the horror thing. The plus, he's a huge yeah. fan. I mean, he's a he's a huge fan of horror stuff. He, he's a fun guy to listen to talk. I love listening to him talk. I love listening to him on the Ricky Rackman, you know, like Cat House podcast. Um, it, it's yeah, also he used to get snuck into the Cat House when he was underage. And and it's him. I, I've told the story before that he's in the video for "Piece of Me" by Skid Row. Um, as a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you watch the video for Peace of Me, you'll see a dude like, I mean, legs in the air crowd surfing. It's John 5. No kidding. I yeah. never knew that. Yeah. Wow. And and so, plus he has an impressive, he's a humongous Kiss fanatic. He's got a killer Kiss collection, killer horror guy. And he's just super intelligent. He's super personable. He seems like super kind-hearted. You know, he's just he's everything I like in a in a you know famous musician and a guitar hero. And and you can and tell he just loves the instrument. And he's from our home state. He's and obviously, I mean, I wonder if he did any. He I think he moved out to California pretty young. Yeah, I believe it because I think uh, he was getting into the cat house when he was like 16 or 17. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. God, good pick, too. Um, my next pick is um, is I bring him up all the time. Anytime we're talking about guitar players, he's going to come up. Um, he came up in our, I think, our obscure albums. I am always going to be my favorite guitar player, my favorite from the circle, you know, of what we'll call Texan guitar players. And that includes jimmy and stevie vaughn and it's charlie sexton i i love charlie yeah. sexton i love everything about him i just think he's the coolest Listen to him today he's the coolest thing ever i love charlie sexton love the sextet i love what he you know he's bringing to dylan um anyone he plays with is cool i like when he plays with his brother will who we both have mentioned is a phenomenal musician and guitar player himself but charlie sexton has something i uh, an air of cool about him without trying his tonality is awesome i mean he's a blues player but he's not a trite blues player you know um right yeah he's so cool so i yeah charlie sexton what do you got next after that it's uh kind of a since they're both in the same band i jason isbell and sadler vaden you killed me um, i didn't think we'd have any matches uh so i might as well jump in i got jason too Dude, yeah. I, I mean, because Sadler is on the newer records, and, and I listen to Sadler's um, solo so, records as yep. well. So Me too. Uh, th those two can, I mean, I I was, we were watching a show. I have um, 
It might be on YouTube. I have a bootleg DVD somebody gave me of Jason Isbell live at Bonnaroo, maybe from 2016 or something like that. And I think it's from this show. Jason and Sadler start kind of cutting heads during the show, goofing around, and it is so freaking cool. <laughs> well, they and the thing is, they both are. I, I mean, they're both killer players, killer. Oh. And um, I, of of course, the band, the Four Hundred Unit. I mean, his band. Jason is such a good songwriter, dude. And and um, Dave Cobb, the producer, Dave Cobb will say this. Um, Jason's such a good songwriter and a great singer that people forget he is a straight up, I mean, he, guitar hero, dude. He really is. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, if you ever get a chance, there's a video, it's black and white, it's on YouTube. It's Jason doing, in the 400 unit, they're doing a song called Song She Sang in the Shower. It's live. Yes. Black and white. If you listen to that, the very start, like when it comes on, and it, it looks like it's at a sound check, to be honest with you. But when it for, he plays a little tiny, t he's on acoustic for this one. Uh, he plays a little tiny bit of "Summer Song" by Joe Satriani, oh, which is cool. And plus, he he's he's just so schooled in all the music of you know great guitar players. I mean, Jason certainly knows the the Muscle Shoals sound. That's where he's from, and and he worked at Fame for a little while. Um, I don't know. He he doesn't get his Proper as a guitar he's a he's a humongous gear nerd um he's a collector he and and with sadler and his band i mean there's nothing they can't cover no plus they do some killer i mean listen to him play um i know a little by skinnard sometime it's awesome oh, oh it's yeah. awesome 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 yeah what a killer wow we matched up on jason isbell well that makes sense I, I, yeah. yeah but you added sadler which is smart um, well, I mean, yeah, the, you know, the, the two, was he on the three of the records? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah. So I, I had to, and I listened to his solo stuff. Yeah. Too, he's so. cool. He's super cool. Um, now I'm getting, we're I'm, into the top three. Well, and mine are not ranked per se. Um, because now I'm getting shreddy. I, I, I get a little shreddy. Uh, but lately I've been riding, um, hitting a lot of Jakey e. Lee, his band. Oh, uh, Jake's got a band called Red Dragon Cartel. Um, I, I don't know. He's Jake Ely. He's a different kind of player. I've been in an uh, kind of in an Aussie thing lately, um, and I have been for a few months now. Uh, I really like Jake Ely. I do. I think he's a, Badlands was great. I wish there would have been more of that. Um, his new band, like I said, Red Dragon Cartel is cool. Uh, but yeah, Jake Ely is to me. Jake Ely sort of personified that. 80s LA guitar hero. He was yeah. that to me, you know, and that I almost felt like that's what when Ozzy made that shift into the mid 80s, you know, the ultimate sin and bark at the moon and you know, that mid 80s Ozzy, glam Ozzy, they tried to, you know, they tried to dial him up. I mean, you can tell, yeah. <laughs> um, which is not easy to do. Um, but Jakey e. Lee kind of carried him through that, and I, I really like. If you're a guitar player, or even if you're not, and you just listen to how Jakey e. Lee plays, it's bluesy, but it's not. It's shreddy, but it's not boring. He's just, I mean, he's Jakey e. Lee, so that yeah. I, I'm getting shreddy, like I said. So who you got next? Butch Walker. Oh, there you again. Butch suffers from um from Jason Isbell. He suffers I from that. I got into him because of his hair metal with South Gang, in which he was not the singer. But I that's what I liked about that band was, well, that and, you know, it's that Southern stuff that you and I both like. Right. That, that Southern bluesy style rock. That. Yeah. Um, so then I just I just followed him after the two South Gang records. I You know, the, the Floyd's Funk Revival stuff, I, I don't think there's any copies that are available you know yeah, they might nothing we regionally get. but yeah but then the marvelous three and then his solo stuff and he always he'll still you know i've seen him live a couple of times the last uh in the last few years and he'll still blaze during a show for a few minutes dude he can too he <laughs> certainly can i forget what it was i think i was again same company too i was watching him demo he had a pedal from jhs called the ruby red i think that's the name of his studio yes. and um and dude he 
he can peel faces. I mean, he really can. I mean, of course, he was in an 80s hair metal band. Um, right. And so he, again, just like Jason Isbell, he, he's a singer-songwriter guy. You picture him with an acoustic guitar and a harmonica or whatever and forget that, you know, he he is a... is. You know, he's a shredder. He honest to God is. He's he's one of those guys. And it's fun to see him do it. And he played some killer guitar stuff, killer guitar stuff in Marvelous 3. Yeah. And did cool stuff on stage. He he has one of the best, he can, he his pick movement, where he throws the pick <laughs> behind his back or him and. And they he catches would, it, yeah. yeah, or they would kick him around a lot. They'd kick him to each other like like a hacky sack. Him Jace, yes, yeah, him and Jace used to do some moves in in uh, South Gang era. Yeah, <laughs> well, they did. Uh, there's Marvelous Three got back together several years back, but you know it's the guys, and they still you can still kind of see one of them does it like in the when they're getting up yeah. to jam. They play uh, Freak of the Week and. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I have the DVD. <laughs> yeah, good pick, man. Good pick. I love Butch. Well, and we can hardly have a show without Butch. Um, right. My next pick is a guy named uh, Vivian Campbell. I've been oh, yeah. on him lately. Um, as a matter of fact, I was messing with some uh, Vivian Campbell stuff today. Just the same thing. You know, started in Dio, uh, made his way to White Snake, to the platinum, platinum, platinum White Snake. Uh, and then ended up has been in Leopard. I mean, he's been in Def Leopard far longer than Steve Clark, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I, again, another guy. Got to be honest with you. When Vivian Campbell came into Def Leppard, um, I did not want to like him because I love Steve Clark so much. You know, Damn. I thought Steve Clark gave Leopard, and I, I don't think I'm wrong. I think he gave them the oomph, you know, the slop that I like. That was Steve yes. Clark. And even Phil Collins will say that that Steve Clark does that. That's what Steve did. Um, and and I don't have enough. I haven't developed enough of an opinion about Pete Willis. But there's got to be something said because, you know, you had high and dry and on through the night, and there's some killer ACDC influence stuff there. That's really cool. And but if um, the album, if the album Exile on Main Street was a person, it would be Steve Clark. Ooh. <laughs> Oh man, I wish someone would say that about me. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I I do. I so Vivian Campbell is um is who I've been into lately. If you get a chance, go. He's got a band called The Last in Line right now. You know they do some original stuff. They do Dio songs. Somebody, some you know they're playing a club and there's some person who must be filming like right in front of the stage and with their phone. Well, the, all their I mean, you can hear the band, okay, but what they're really getting is just uh, Vivian's amp. You hear Vivian mm. Campbell's amp, and it's on um, it's on the song Last in Line. Dude, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's raw. It's killer amp tone, and he's just getting it. it it's so good. I love Vivian Campbell. So what nice. do you got next? Paul Gilbert. Yeah, you, what are you going to say? You... <sighs> I'll rock Paul, Paul all the time. Paul Gilbert is a guitarist I listen to every single day. Really? Every day? At, every single day. At least one song every single day. Yeah. Paul Gilbert's cool because of, of too many things to list, but the thing that makes yeah. Paul Gilbert cooler than almost any of the guitar guys is uh, his sense of humor. <laughs> he's so funny. He's so humble. Yes. He's humble. I mean, he's humble without, like, having that self-effacing, stupid humbleness. He's just, you know, he you can tell he just loves the guitar. The thing that gets me about Paul Gilbert that always cracks me up is if he has a guitar on and he's talking about technique and he plays, it's, he, he doesn't mean to be, he's not doing it to be cocky or be a jerk, but the way he talks about it is like it's the easiest thing on earth to do. Like, you know, yeah. like he'll go, well, you start like, the, you know, you start picking slow and then you pick up speed and, and then pretty soon you're, and then it's like, it's just <laughs> yeah, I love Paul. And he can sing. Yeah. Yeah. Lately I've been riding, um, well, it's been out since 2006, but I've been riding the album, Get Out of My Yard, really hard the last couple weeks. So he's, he's always been in our shred episode. He was, I think all of us had him. 
I yes, think all of us had him. Paul Gilbert. Paul Gilbert is um, the the first couple Mr. Big records, dude. I, the first one I ever heard was Addicted to That Rush. I can't. Yeah. No, that's a lie. The first one I ever heard was Wind Me Up. Um, is that right? I don't know. But I remember Addicted to That Rush being, I was in college, I think, and taking music classes in college, and the music dudes, I, it was there was a whole time I, I really wanted to be down. So, like, I wanted to be with those guys. So, like, in our classes, I wasn't piping off about Faster Pussycat a lot. Mm-hmm. Um but Paul Gilbert was someone I really liked, and all those dudes did too. You know, and that was the uh, Kotzen and Paul Gilbert and the Razor X days. Oh, yeah. just all that ripping. But a lot of it fell by the wayside and did nothing for me. I, Paul Gilbert stuck with me because Paul Gilbert likes songs. That's yes. the difference between, no offense, uh, maybe it takes some, your Ingves or your, I can't think of any other Whitley dudes off the top of my head. Um, but you know, those guys, uh, is, and I even played Michelangelo, you know, that really really, cool. It's great. That is like, you know, that's like just sprinting. Paul Gilbert really likes songs. He lets things unfold. He cares about melody. He care, even if he's ripping, burning, you know, topping a metronome out, it's still super musical and melodic. And that's, that's probably why you can listen to him every day. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's so many different... I mean, he's got a blues record. He's got straight-up shredding records like um, um, Silence Followed by a Deafening Roar and then Get Out of My Yard. There's no singing on those records. Um, but, I mean, and I can't wait for Werewolves of Portland. That's coming out in June. But he just does so many different... Like on um, his uh, Stone Pushing Man Uphill record, he does, like, Working for the Weekend... And he loves and he does a cover of my girl, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, he the other thing about him, and he's another guy like Andy Timmons. I wonder why he doesn't pop up other places. I just think he's having fun doing what he wants to do. Plus you know, he's he's putting out his records like yeah. kind of like my number one. Well, you know, the other thing about Paul Gilbert is um is he's set. What people don't know is when we talk about Paul Gilbert and Mr. Big and you know, um here in the states, you're, yeah, there was to be with you and that. It, overseas, Mr. Big is selling out Budokan, you know, four nights in a row, five nights in a row, yeah. and uh, so I'm sure he's he's set up certainly studio wise and financially to pursue his what makes him happy. So you're right, he doesn't have to go out and be a sideman to anyone, really. Nope. You know, nope. although he could, he could, he could go the Nuno Betancourt route, and you know, he could be with. Rihanna or whatever her name is, you know? Yeah, he could play with anybody. Yeah. All right. Yeah, good one. Good one. Well, my last one, and I, I I don't know if I hit if my count was right, but my last one is um because I did have George Lynch, but that's a little shreddy right now. Uh is a guy named RJ Ronquillo. Have you ever heard of him? No. He's a another YouTube guy. So I got hip to him because here was this tour vlog. It was what it's like to be a touring guitar player in nashville and it was him out playing with a band called um thompson square i think is that right top 40 country band it was just him you know he filmed himself filmed himself just what the sound check was like the bus call the all the stuff i love to watch and he's also been like a a voracious demoer of gear you can he's such a good player and he's got good tone good technique that a lot of manufacturers like Eastwood Guitars, um, uh, they they seek him out to demo their gear, and so I got hooked on him. He's a amazing guitar player, dude. Check him out, RJ Ronquillo. You will not be disappointed. He's the dude. He's right there with that with like um, with Tom Bokovac. He's he's that guy, Nashville go to guy. The new generation of those guys that used to be like Dan Hoff and. Yeah, there were a oh, lot yeah. of studio guys, and then even before that, you know, you had all the all the legendary studio cats. That's kind of what RJ is like too. So, so he, right. you'll like him. So, what's your number one? Richie Kotzen. Oh God, dude, why wouldn't I know that? Yeah, along with Paul Gilbert, I listen to Richie every single day. Well, the reason you can listen to those guys every day is you can listen to a couple songs from them every day, and you're not just listening to shred. Right. You know what I mean. 
Yeah. You can listen to and get a taste of all sorts of stuff, you know? Richie's got southern bluesy stuff. He's got jazz. He's got um, uh, straight-up rock stuff. He's got, you know, all kinds of... And he does, he does do a jazz record with Stanley Clark called Virtue. That was really cool. Um, but, yeah, I just... I I don't know. I've been in love with Richie since I heard that uh, that song on the um, compilation from the compilation episode from that guitar. Uh, what it was the guitars guitar. that rule the world. Yeah, yeah, from that record, and I just you know I heard that. I went out and bought his uh, you know his first record. I think whatever eighty nine or whatever came out. Yep, and, I can yeah, I've see been him. following him ever since. He's still the dude. He's still the dude. And I was pissed when he joined Poison, and <laughs> I bet you were. Yeah, I bet you were. I can see that. I um, I loved that Poison record. I loved Native Tongue. I really did. Brett Michaels really gets on my nerves now. Um, and did even started to there. I don't know. The whole Brett Michaels thing is too much for me. Um, as much it's, as I yeah. love, and I love Poison. Do not get me wrong. The first look what the cat dragged in. I was there. I saw the concert open up and say, I, I'm a Poison fan. Do, do not mistake what I'm saying. But the Brett Michaels, who started doing the reality TV show, and the, the whole thing became too much for me. But um, Richie Kotzen, I loved, I love Richie's playing. I love Mother's, Motherhead's Family Reunion. Um, he did not belong in Poison at all. No. Big, big mistake. But yeah, Kotzen's <laughs> cool. Kotzen's, I like him with the winery dogs. Um I, He's I like do. Paul Gilbert. He can do whatever he wants. Whatever he wants. Yep, I love you him. Know, he, yeah, the Winery Dogs is great. He, you know, and he he'll go play on other people's. He does stuff with you know Greg Howe, and he does the new thing with Adrian Vandenberg that I haven't heard really. I've heard one song. Oh, oh you mean that, Adrian Smith? Adrian Smith. Yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. From from uh, I got Iron Maiden. Adrian's mixed up. Yeah. Well, there aren't many of them, but those would be two <laughs> you could certainly mix up. Yeah, the new thing with Adrian Smith is 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 somewhat cool. I listened to it. It was cool. Um, I don't know right, that I, I, heard, I, I heard one song. Yeah, that's what I heard. I wasn't, you know, I, I just, you know, again, even with Kotzen, I like Kotzen when he's soulful, when he's Motowny. Um, yeah. Or funky, like Motherhead's Family Reunion. Um, I'm not yeah, a big. He's like a rock and roll Daryl Hall. Exactly. Well, exactly right. That you nailed it. Yep. Yep. He's a rock. Yeah. Perfect. I like. Excuse me. I like that. Um. Kind of era of him the most. Uh, yes. When he's like that. That's my. Plus, he. I love the way he sings. He's so soulful and cool. And I'm just gonna come out and say it. Um. Dude, the straight hair, Richie Kotzen, no shirt wearing, bell bottom. Oh, <laughs> dude, what a look, man. That's stellar. He always looks cool. Always looks. And it, weird, too. He has, he's had, we call him, we all bought him. My wife, son, and I all got him. We call him hammer pants. Remember those? But they're, they're oh, like yeah. really low crotch. Like the crotch goes past the knees. He was rocking <laughs> that look for a while uh, with a weird headband. He sort of looked, I don't know, man. He looked really out there and he still looked cool. Bearded, he, he looks cool. Looks cool. Yeah, and his <laughs> he looks cool when he plays. I love the way he looks when he plays. And and that seven days live poison um, live video. I know you probably have seen, even though you hate poison. Um, he looks really cool in that too, man. Really cool. I bet that's why Brett I Michaels don't hate poison. I bet Brett Michaels I'm just like you. I just don't like Brett Michaels. I bet Brett Michaels wanted that dude out of the band because he was <laughs> looking killer. Well, good man, good show. I, I you know. And and who I'm listening to on guitar is going to change, pfft, you know. I went through an Ace yeah. Freely mode where I was just listening to Ace Freely all the time, and I, I love that. I, I could have put Jody Porter on my list because I've been on a huge Fountains of uh, Wayne kick the last couple creep. weeks. Did you hear him on Chuck Shoots podcast? I certainly did. It was awkward. I thought. Is it think at times it was? He's weird. He's creative. It, it weird. Was like um. It was like, uh, I think uh, Brian Wheat from Tesla is a little bit like that, yes. too. Sort of, sort of cool at times and then sort of standoffish at yeah, times. Yeah, right. And Jody Porter was like, um, I don't know, just weird. He had like a, almost like an English mentality to him, for lack of a better word. that A dryness and a, yeah. Yeah. I like Jody Porter, Yeah, too. I enjoyed it because I'm a fan, but, um, but yeah, it, it was a little... Um, it was a little awkward at times. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, cool, man. You got any parting thoughts for us today? 
They look at you sideways. They call no man by his Christian name. All you got is your backbone to lean on. You can expect no help from your brain. Now, when a man wants reason, he's best willing to pay. I'm down in Leavenworth Prison now. I do not count no days. Take care, everybody. See you soon. See you.